Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Take your Bibles and uh, join me in the book of Hebrews tonight, please. Chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12. If you join me there. I'm going to take a look at a passage of Scripture there tonight and, and just kind of build on from there kind of mentioned something on Sunday morning about this text. I want, to, I, want to look at, I want to look at the process of moving on. Think, think about those words with me, the process <clears throat> of moving on. I'm not sure uh, how this goes with you, but for me, for a lot of years as, as a Christian, I have, you know, at the end of one year and then the beginning of another, which is really right around the corner, right? Uh, just another month will be... Um, entering into 2024, and for me, a process has been for a lot of years, as I come to an end of one year prior to the beginning of the next, I kind of, I just kind of take time to evaluate my Christian life. You know, I think about, you know, when you, when you look at a new year, it's, you know, the process of moving on, you know, it's, and you begin to take a, maybe inventory of, of your, your past year. Did you ever do that? I, I trust that you, you would. And, and as you maybe take inventory <clears throat> of your past year, maybe you also maybe consider areas where you plan to grow in the new year. I said this many times before, growth is a planned thing. It doesn't happen automatically. You need to plan growth. And so I know where we are in our scheme of things, you know, we're coming to the end of 2023, getting ready to step into uh, 2024, and, uh, and I'm hoping that maybe we'll pause and just reflect, take some time to reflect upon last year, and I think part of that is areas where we look at maybe where we've struggled, you know, as in our Christian faith, or maybe as a husband or a wife, or you know, wherever it might be, maybe even areas where we failed. We, we, we planned, you know, we had a plan, but it, we just didn't follow through. You know, some reason we got sidetracked. And, and I think maybe we just look at areas where we need to make some progress. Amen? And I think that's, that, that's important as Christians, that we look at areas where we need to, to grow and make some progress. And I think this, I think a common conclusion... When you do that, <clears throat> when you evaluate mm, your past, this past year, areas where you, know, you had a little success and some areas where you didn't succeed as much, and then as you, you know, evaluate you know, what may have caused it, and then moving forward, you might come to the conclusion that there's some things that might need to be eliminated. You know? and, I, and I wrote it this way, elimination, part of the process spoke about this on Sunday morning, or Sunday night, I think. 
And, uh, and there are some things in our lives when we begin to look back and we say, well, you know, I struggled there and I maybe didn't make as much progress there. Why not? And, and that, you know, what happens is you begin to put your finger on some of the things that hindered you, some of the obstacles. And here's the thought, and it's a simple thought. In order to move on, you're going to need to remove or eliminate those obstacles from your life, right? Uh, look at this text. Look at Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 1. I'll throw it up on the screen if it makes it easier for you. Uh, we don't know who the writer of Hebrews is other than God. And that's enough, right? Because God wrote the whole Bible. Amen. We often like to say this, you know, we read through the epistles and we'll say, you know, the Apostle Paul said to the church, and it is assumed, Donald, that Paul wrote Hebrews, but it really doesn't make a difference because we know God wrote all of it. But the writer says this in verse 12, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, look, look at the next few words, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race set before us. The idea there is this, right in the center there, he's saying, if we're going to run the race, if we're going to be successful, if we're going to make progress, well, then there's some things we have to eliminate. Did you see it? He calls it, look, in, in, right in the middle there, let us lay aside, what? Every weight and the sin which easily besets us. We're going to come back to that in just a moment and kind of talk about that for a little bit. What he's saying is this, in order to move on, in order to move on, one of the first things we must do is eliminate. Sometimes you can't move on unless you eliminate some of the things that are hindering you or are they're serving as obstructions to your progress. And I think if you and I were to do a careful evaluation of our own personal lives, we would see some things that have hindered us in the past. And if history repeats itself, and it will, they'll hinder us moving forward. Paul said this, look at the screen, Philippians chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 13, speaking about himself, this personal testimony. I count not myself to have apprehended. You know, you know what he's saying right there? Apprehending. You know what he's saying? Anybody take, 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 take a guess what he's saying there. I count not myself to have apprehended. Say it again. Arrived. Right? I, I like that. Here's Paul saying to the church in Philippi. He said, look, I, I'm not saying that I've arrived. <laughs> How many of us would say the same thing? I know I haven't arrived. You know? And the reason I know that is because I know me. You may not know me like I know me, but I know me. And I tell you this, just like the Apostle Paul, I have not arrived. But, that's a big word, but. Uh, I know that it doesn't have as many letters as apprehended, but it's just as important. You know what but means? An insignificant change is about to occur. I know that I have not arrived, but this one thing I do, what does he do? I eliminate the things which are hindering me. We could say that. I forget those things which are behind, and I press forth, I reach forth unto the things which are before me. In other words, what he's saying is this, I know I have a long way to go, but I'm on my way. And what I'm doing is this, I'm removing the things that would hinder me from moving forward, right? Forgetting those things which are behind and when I do that, when I forget about those things, when I detach myself from those things, when I eliminate those things from my life, 
I can then move forward. I can press forward. I can advance. I can make progress. See how that works? So here's what I did for us, because I love you so much. I made a, a short list, and this is a very short list, but it, it's, it's a list we can talk about for six months. I made a short list of some things that we may want to consider removing from our lives in order to move forward. Now, this list may not, it may not apply to you at all, but it has applied to me, you know? And so these are some things that I have had to and still have to remove from my life. Let me share them with you. You ready for this? We're not going to talk about these tonight. We will talk about these over the next several weeks, though. The first thing is this, mediocrity and indifference. Say that again. Mmm. Somebody said ooh, and then somebody said mmm. You said ooh in them? Wow, she got, that's a double whammy. That's like amen, amen. Huh? Mediocrity and indifference. How many of us would agree, if I'm going to plan to make progress and grow in my Christian life this year and be what God wants me to be, I'm going to have to make sure I remove from my life mediocrity and indifference. We could, I could have put there apathy, <clears throat> laziness, uh, the list goes on. So what is mediocrity? What is indifference? They're kind of siblings. They're cousins, right? What does it mean to be mediocre? Lukewarm. Lukewarm. What'd you say, John? Average. Aver yeah, average. Compromise. Who? Compromise. 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 Comfort zone. Mediocre. So-so. Huh? Right? You know, there's a, there's a name that I hope you're never called, and that's nominal. You know what nominal means? I'm trying to help us tonight. I'm trying to help us tonight. You know what nominal means? In name only. And there are some Christians that are nominal Christians in name only. They have no substance at all about their Christian life. Huh? They're kind of like chafe that the wind blows away. You know, they just can't withstand the slightest contrary wind. You know, they're nominal. They're mediocre. They're average. No effort, right? Uh, put it this way. Uh, Jason, you know this word, invisible. <laughs> you know, they could be easily missed. Huh? Indifferent. What's indifferent mean? Help us. Who? I don't care. Can care less. Right? I'm indifferent. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter what happens. We, we have an election coming up. Who cares? You know, Christmas service, big deal. Believe it or not, there are a lot of Christians that carry that attitude. You know, they're mediocre. They don't just, no effort. I did, we did, a, we did a, a campaign, oh, I don't know, maybe 1996. And the, and the title of it was All In. And I preached a series of sermons beginning of that year from January 1st Sunday on for, man, many weeks on being all in, what it means to be all in. And you think about this. Now think about this with me. As Christians, is there any other way to be? Did you happen to watch, does anybody happen to watch the Eagles game on Sunday night? Did you happen to see the lunatics that gathered there on Broad Street? Faces painted, huh? hats, scarves, jerseys, hoodies, socks, glasses. 
Huh? I mean, look at my wife with her Eagles gear on tonight. She's sitting there so special, being able to raise her right hand because acupuncture worked. Thank the Lord. Amen. You know what we'd say about those folks in those stands? They were all in. Screaming for how long that game go on? Overtime game? Pouring rain? And we can't get people to come and sit in a comfortable auditorium if it's drizzling. Something's wrong. Something is definitely wrong with Christianity today. And I don't mean to preach. This is Bible study. So don't call it preaching. Call it Bible study. But there's something wrong. And here's what's wrong. We don't care. We have gotten to the place in our age and time, we just don't care. We pretend that we care. Huh? Right? Many of us would say, I would never go to a church that didn't have a midweek service, but they don't come. <laughs> but I'll move, my, I'll move my membership. If we ever cancel midweek service, I'll move my membership. Why don't you try coming? Maybe we won't cancel. I'll never go to a church that isn't a soul-winning, missions-minded church. You, you never witness. You never give out a gospel track. And you don't put a dime in, it, in, the, in the offering plate, but you wouldn't go to a church that... Why? Mediocrity. Indifference. We're not going to talk about that tonight. We'll deal with that next week. I'm sorry. I got a little excited. Here's another one. Unnecessary materialism. Unnecessary. Look here, there's a certain amount of materialism we need, right? I'm glad you came in with clothing on tonight. And, you know, we got here in the car. We didn't have to walk. And when we leave here, we'll go to a home and we have heat and refrigerated with some food. And there's some necessary materials that we need to exist. However, when you and I are absolutely blinded by the thought of things we don't need, we're not moving on. We're not making progress. We're not living for him. <laughs> we're living for it. Unnecessary materialism. So, Pastor, what's on the, your list? These things are on my list of, of items that must be eliminated from my life in order for me to move on. Here, here's another. Emotional baggage. Emotional baggage. How, ma how many of us, let's be honest, how many of us have some emotional baggage? Come on. Come on. Ah, you're lying. You're lying. You better put your hand. We all have it. We can all think back to times and things and circumstances and peoples and, huh? And if we're not careful, we carry those bags with us. I preached a message one time years ago. Oh, I was on baggage and I, and I remember asking this question So, who packed your bag? It's kind of like the guy who goes to work and he's at lunchtime uh, and he starts to complain to the guy next, I can't believe a bologna sandwich again. Every single day this week I have bologna. And the fellow said, well, well, why don't you tell your wife about it? He said, what good would that do? I pack my own lunch. <laughs> who packed your bag? You know, sometimes we allow people to pack our bags for us. And we just carry them. Emotional baggage. I think that's something we need to consider as a hindrance, an obstacle in moving on, moving forward, right? How about this one? Unresolved anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. Huh? I'll tell you what, there's some people that just cannot let go. 
I want to deal with this in the Bible study in maybe another week or two. I don't want to get too deep into it tonight, but I will tell you this. If you have un, some unresolved issues, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, it, it's, going to hind, it's going to hinder you more than you can imagine. It will, it will get involved in your everything, and it'll slow you down. It'll blind you. It'll ultimately hurt you. You know. So these are just some of the things I think that ought to be on the list of things to eliminate. But let's take a look at that Bible verse again. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. And I want to break it down for us tonight. We won't go any further than that. Have you ever studied this verse out? It's a great Bible verse. It really is. One of my favorites. It's one of those, I think, I think it's one of those Hall of Fame Bible verses. And you'll notice I highlighted just a couple of areas there. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. Right? So early on in that Bible verse, we are introduced to, or there's a mention to, this cloud of witnesses. You see that? So great a cloud of witnesses. I'll be honest with you. When I read through this years and years ago, my thought was, who in the world is he speaking about? This great cloud of witnesses. Who are these witnesses? Is he talking about Jehovah Witnesses here? This great cloud of witnesses? Who, are the, who is this great cloud? Look at it again. Look at, the, look at the Bible verse again. Let me go back for you. Uh, well, let me, here we go. Uh, seeing we are compassed about, I kind of, kind of, it kind of reminds me of just being surrounded by. We're surrounded by. And so, think about this. He's talking about running a race. The reason why I think Paul wrote this is because Paul often used this kind of imagery. Right? So, you think about running a race, and, you know, you got this, this group of, of, you know, spectators. So, maybe... I, I ran the Penn Relays down at Franklin Field when I was in high school. Franklin Field, pretty big place, University of Pennsylvania. And you're on the track, and man, there's stands are filled, Mo, you know? Great cloud of witnesses. Well, who are these witnesses? And what are they doing? What's their purpose? Right? Did you ever give any thought to what, who they are and what their purpose is? Anybody? Any idea? Anyone want to chime in? Say again. Make you think of your testimony. Yeah, like outside people are, are watching what you do every day. That's good. Yeah, that's good, Brian. I like that. Hand in the back there, Dennis. Everybody in chapter eleven. Say it again. Everybody in chapter eleven. Everybody in chapter eleven. Well, why would you say that? Because that all chapter is about faith. Right. confirm what he's saying, the very first word of chapter 12 is what? 
wherefore. What is where, why is wherefore there? It's to cause you to look. We would say this, you end up in chapter number 11, and you're saying, and so, as a result of, all these individuals that have been mentioned are now in the stands, you know, as witnesses. And like you said, they're watching you. They're watching you. Yes, sir. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that uh, there's two possibilities. We all call the dead saints. Dead saints and uh, those are already going on here. They're actually cheering us on because they, they, they did their work. They're... Yeah, right. Also, the other possibility, possible to be talking about the eight million people that still live here. They could be looking at us. And, what are they doing? You know, kind of thing. Like one who are these people? Why are they acting like this? Eight million current people on the planet. Mm, a lot of people. Possibilities, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree with what you know, Dennis said, and I know you, you mentioned you agree with that as well. I, I believe when he says in verse number 12, in verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 12, wherefore, it brings us back to chapter 11. In chapter number 11, you begin to read about all these individuals who on their journey of faith had faith, right? And you know what I like about that when you read through chapter number 12? You know, it, there's nothing hidden there. It reveals all their struggles. In fact, when you get down to the end, I'm sorry, chapter 11, when you get down to the end, it says, and all these having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Even though they lived for God by faith and obeyed the principles he set before them, they still didn't receive the promise. You know? Uh, and I, I mean to tell you, they just did it because it was the right thing to do. And I like, I like that because what he's saying here is this, uh, you know, they're there to motivate us and encourage us. Like John said, they're cheering us on. And you know, folk, look, you and I, we need encouragement, don't we? You know what I do every once in a while? I think I mentioned this before. When I was a young pastor and I was going through some difficult times, when they would really get hard-pressed, I'd call my pastor. And I promise you this, I would call him and I would say, hey, preach, how's it going? He calls me Cheech. He said, hey, Cheech, what are you doing? And I'd say, well, just, you know, ministry. And I wouldn't even say, he probably heard it in my voice, Donald. I wouldn't even say, preach, man, I'm, I, I'm just ready to quit. I, I didn't even get that far. And he would say to me, he'd say, Cheech, pray for me. Now, he's my pastor. And he'd say, Cheech, pray for me. And he would begin to tell me what he's going through. And I promise you, this is the fact, this is truth. When he, preacher Riddell, when he was finished telling me what he was going through, I didn't have any problems. <laughs> I did, just what, preach thanks, I'll pray for you. Whew, thank God I'm not pastor of that church. And maybe, just maybe, the Lord is saying, every once in a while, we just need to keep in mind that there's others who have gone on before us who have struggled, who have had difficulties, and yet they have finished their race. Huh? You know what I think about when I get a little bit tipsy-turvy, a little bit, I don't know, a little off? <laughs> Did you ever get off? I think about right now, I have an 87-year-old friend who I love dearly. He's like a surrogate father to me 
who since January now has had, he had 20 hours of surgery in January, and over the last three days or four days, he's had 16 hours of more surgery. Cancer keeps popping up all over the place. And I call him twice a day. Called him this morning, first thing this morning. His name is John. You're praying for John Ferrazano. I said, hey, bud, how you doing? Here's exactly what he said to me. He said, I'm really depressed, Pastor. And my heart sank. You know, my heart went right into my stomach. And I thought about where he's at, what he's facing. They're getting ready to take him down for a bone scan. They took skin off his leg and put it on his neck from his, behind his ear to his Adam's apple. My wife said it looks like somebody just put a, a, a piece of flounder over his neck and sewed it on. You know, they had to put a catheter on today because he couldn't. You know, and I, and I just thought, here he is in that condition. And I'm going to complain because I have a headache. I'm going to complain because it's not 85 degrees outside. Puts things in perspective, doesn't it? And so I think when Paul says we are compassed about, you know, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, people who have gone on before, who have struggled, who have had their difficulties. Nobody gets through this life untouched, unscathed. No, we all have it. Yet it's a journey of faith. And they finish the course, and so can we. So can we. Let me move on. Uh, as you read on, you see this. You see, he says, the second thing you see there is he talks about this, th these weights to eliminate. Let us lay aside, he says, you know, every weight. And so there's been some debate as to what these weights represent. When you look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 13, right, he talks about these weights that we bear and we get stronger. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is, what, common demand? But God is faithful, who will with the temptation also give you a way to escape that you might bear it. In other words, he gives us a set of weights to get stronger. Well, that's, I don't think that's what these weights imply. Because if you look at that verse of Scripture, he talks about laying aside. Laying aside these weights. So think about this. We're talking about a man running in a race. When I used to train, Bob, when I used to run track, I was in the 440. We used to use, at practice, ankle weights. You know what they are, right? Time around your ankle, and you run, you run in your practice. But when we ran in the race, we took those weights off. In practice, they helped us. But in a race, they would, they would hinder us. Does that make sense? We're talking about this. In order to move on, there's some things we've got to eliminate. And Paul says some of the things we need to eliminate are the weights, the weights. And so, I don't know what a, I don't know how you classify a weight. I don't know what a weight might be uh, for you, but I know this. I know whatever it is, it's an obstruction. And I listed just a little bit ago, and we won't go through these again. I mentioned a few things a little earlier we might consider, but maybe you have your own list of things, weights, you know, that you might just need to consider <laughs> moving aside. Hello? And I'm not going to mention anything tonight because that's another message in and of itself. But I will tell you this. These weights will not make us stronger. They'll make us weaker. Huh? When you allow these things to just... And then, then he talks about this in that same verse. Look at that verse again. He talks about the sin which easily besets us. So not just weights, and weights are not sin. 
Huh? I remember this. I remember when I was coming up as a preacher boy, back then, you know, there was a preacher, you remember years and years ago, there was a lot of preaching against television. You know, and, and the encouragement was, I remember this, Mike, the encouragement was, man, the only way that you can be a real good, solid Christian is get rid of your TV. And I knew preachers that would literally take a TV set onto the platform and just, you know, bust it up. Did you, 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 you ever hear them? And I always thought this. Here's what I thought, Aaron. If I take my TV set, because it's, yeah, I can't control it, and I beat that thing to smithereens and throw it out the window, I'm probably going to find something else that I can't control. So it's not the TV set. <laughs> it's me, right? I'm the person that's got the control. It's not the, it's not the TV. That's neutral. I'm the bonehead that's got a problem with it. Are you with me? And so I remember hearing all kinds of messages about weights, things that just get in the way. And I'll be honest with you. I know I've had some, some men I went to Bible college with who didn't make it because they were just absorbed by other things. I got some friends that activities are just, uh, they're, uh, it's, it's a weight. You know, they would rather you know, golf or fish or hunt or whatever rather than, and that's a weight. It's not a sin, it's a weight. It could become a sin. But these are things that need to be removed. But then he mentions this sin. Look at, look at it, the sin. You know, not only the, 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 the weights, but the sin. And he calls it besetting sin. What do you think besetting sin is? John? Say it again. It's a trip she up. In other words, you don't expect it. Like you don't plan to walk out the house. The other kind of sin is local sin where you premeditate it on sin. Right. Walk out of your house. You don't plan on sinning, but it happens because you get these, these situations and they sneak up on you. True, but I think besetting sin is a little different. It's your besetting sin that easily besets you. What do you think it is? I think it's something that you struggle with personally. Yeah. That, that might not bother anybody else. Right. Else, yeah. Exactly. Like maybe somebody who was an alcoholic and now they're still struggling with that and they can't even, you know, yeah. around other, be, be in a restaurant, for instance, where alcohol. Yeah. So I think it's that kind of thing. Yeah. I agree with you. It's kind of personal to you. I think yes, maybe what you're saying is this. It's familiar. Yeah, right. It's familiar. Or, listen to this, it's got your number. Yeah. It's got your number. Huh? It's been something that has nagged you. And, and by the way, you know, uh, our sister here brought up, maybe you had a problem drinking, and so you go to a certain restaurant, serves alcohol. I get it. But maybe it's not drinking. Maybe it's driving. Not drinking and driving. Maybe it's just driving without drinking. Although some of you ought to take a drink before you drive because you're a maniac on the road. <clears throat> Teasing about that. Maybe it's driving. You know, maybe, what is your beset? What is it? Maybe it's certain people. I said this on Sunday night, I think, maybe, or Sunday morning. I don't know. I speak so much I forget when I said it. But I mentioned this. You ought to know your triggers. Huh? I know this. If I get around certain people... I get triggered. I said to my wife yesterday, I was around a certain people and I can't be around that person for very long because they just drive me crazy. And for me, it's a really short trip. You know? But it's just like, shut up. Now, no kids are in the room. I would never say that. Be quiet. 
Huh? Are you with me? Triggers. And so he says this, and I think what he's saying is this, we need to come to a place where we know what our besetting sin is, and we eliminate it from our life before we're bitten by it. Again and again. It's the idea of a constant problem. Maybe it's this. Listen, here are a couple of suggestions. Maybe it's lack of patience that leads to anger. Huh? I don't really remember growing up and hearing much of road rage. It was probably out there, but I don't, I don't remember it being like it is today. Uh, I, I remember, you know, driving in a car with remember my dad or somebody, and somebody cuts them off, and, rah, 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 and nobody got out of the car and shot each other. Huh? Today, I mean, all you got to do is go in the shop right and hit somebody with the car. You're in a fight. You got insurance on that car? <laughs> it's crazy world we're living in. So maybe it's a lack of patience that leads to anger. Uh, maybe it's a lack of determination that leads to neglect. Take that in for a second. Maybe it's a lack of determination in your life, my life, that leads to neglect. Because we're not given to it, because we're not determined enough, we just begin to neglect things. Here's a big one. Listen to this one. Maybe it's a lack of vision that leads to laziness or apathy. You know how many Christians lack vision, and as a result, they just become apathetic, lazy. We do nothing for God. We only got a short amount of time to live, man. Huh? Short amount of time to do it. That's why he said, work now, nighttime cometh when no man can work. Well, I got one more. Let's move on. Cloud of witnesses, a way to eliminate. And then, and then look what he talks about. Look at this word here, <clears throat> patience. See the word patience? Look, let's, let's finish it up. He says, and let us run with patience the race. Now get this, the race that is set before us. That word patience in this text speaks about determination, perseverance, endurance. Right? I think what he's saying is this, we're to run the race, we're to run the race with the finish line in focus. Right? I found this on the web. <laughs> it's my watch speaking to me. It said, I found this on the web. Siri's listening in. I usually turn her off. <laughs> we run the race with the finish line in focus. Think about that. Uh, listen to this. The goal of the Christian race Christian life, which Paul calls a race in this text, is not to win. It's to finish. Huh? Nowhere in the Bible are we to run to win. No, we're to run to finish. Why is that? We already won. <laughs> Our faith is the victory. We're already on the winning side. We need to run to finish and finish strong. Right? And by the way, you and I know people who have already quit the race. They already quit running. Huh. They're just got knocked off course for some reason. I think we ought to desire to finish and finish strong. Right? I mean, I can't tell you many times in life, preacher, that I gotten discouraged and just wanted to quit. Not, not Christ. Not my walk with the Lord personally. But church, yeah. Honestly. And I'm pastor of it. 
There are times when I wanted to go in there, get into the pulpit on Sunday morning and say, I got a message for you this morning. I'm leaving. And you're the cause. I'm gone. My wife said, please don't do that. <laughs> you just get discouraged. But there's always been something, Kevin, in the back of my mind saying, I want to finish. I really do. I want to stand before the Lord one day and, and just be able to hear him say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Have I been perfect? No, not by a long shot. But like David, God said about David, he's a man after my own heart. And David, I mean, he did some bad things, yet God knew he had a good heart. I got a good heart. I got a messed up head. Every once in a while, my head gets in the way. How about you? But God knows my heart, and I want to finish and finish strong. And here's what I know, I'm running out of time. Every year I get a little bit older, another day closer. I just want to get closer to the finish line. So if it's tomorrow, 25 years from now, I hear my Savior say to me, <laughs> come over here for a second, you did a pretty good job. Man, you messed up big time, but you did a pretty good job. I don't know, where did you ever get the idea to do that? I don't know, Lord, I'm just trying to think outside the box. Well, you messed that one up. I can just hear him saying that, you know, you messed that one up. But your heart was in the right place. I'm so glad he looks at my heart, not my head. Because every once in a while, I got bats in the belfry. You know, I think all kinds of goofy things. But he's good. You know, Paul said this. Paul said in, in 2 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse number 7. Listen to what he said. He said, I fought a good fight. Now pay attention here. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Right? 2 Timothy 4 verse number 7. That, 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 that middle segment, he said, I finished. He didn't say I won. He said, I finished. I finished. I finished. And I hope that's our desire. You know, God has given you a determined race. Did you see it? I don't want to put it back up on the screen, but look at that again. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And so God has kind of put you in the race. You know, when I was running track back in high school, there was all kinds of different, you know, races, right? There was the 220, the 440, there was the 100-yard dash. Uh, me me and, and three other guys, we ran the 440, but I didn't run the 220. I couldn't run the 220. I didn't have the stamina for that. But I ran the 440. That was my race. And in the Penn Relays, we won the gold medal. Our team did in high school. The 440. 100-yard dash, it wasn't my race. The 220 wasn't my race. The 880 wasn't my race. But that 440 was my race. And I practiced to run my race. And God has given to you and I a race to run. Your race may not be mine. You might run the 100-yard dash, Brian. I run the 440. You may do the 220. You may do the 880. We all have a specific race. It's the perfect will of God for your life. It's, it, Paul says it's like a race. And God sets you on the track, and he gives you everything you need to run that race and finish strong. However, in this whole discussion, he says in order to run and run strong and finish, you must eliminate some things. There's some things that must be eliminated. Elimination is part of the process. Are you with me? And I would hope over the next several weeks as we enter into this new year, 2024, if the Lord tarries and he gives us life, that we begin to note some things. You know what? That did not help me last year. Holding on to that anger did not help me. 
Holding on to that, you know, well, I got to have it my way, did not help me. Holding on to, well, that's my, did not help me. Those things have got to go if I'm going to move on. Are you with me? And I think this, I think the way we begin to eliminate hindrances, let me give you a couple quick tips and I'm done. First, you must confront the hindrance. Or in other words, recognize what it is that's hindering you. Huh? Talk about this more as we move through this segment or this series. But you, you got to get honest with yourself. You got to look yourself in the mirror of God's word and just confront it. Huh? It, it's time to confront it and eliminate it. How do you do that? Isolate the hindrance and examine it, deal with it. So you recognize it, then you isolate it, examine it, deal with it. You know, why am I allowing, you know, look here, I got an issue with this, why am I allowing that person to hurt me every single day of my life? They hurt me once really bad. Why am I allowing them to hurt me now every single day of my life? Because I won't let it go. Huh? And, and, and run, I get to run and all of a sudden that person's face shows up or somebody tells me about that person. Man, I'm off course again. You can't tell me that's not the way it works. Been there, done that. My race has been hindered by people, places and things. And so first you recognize, you confront, the hindrance, and then you isolate it, you deal with it, and then you ask the Lord to help you to eliminate it because it's not easy. It's not easy. Huh? You know, you know what they say, Brian, on how to, how to overcome your fears? Confront it. Face it. Just face it. Huh? Face it. Well, I think what we ought to do is pray about it. Lord, I'm struggling with this situation. I'm struggling with this person. I'm struggling with this whatever it might be. And I need to eliminate it. Would you please help me? I'm going to tell you something, man. If you, if you don't think that, that'll work, you don't know prayer. And you don't know God. And you've never seen him work. Huh? Many of you, many of you, many of you have been praying for my dear wife who's been struggling since last January, since her surgery, with her right arm. She was not able to lift it up since past that. And she couldn't do anything about it, couldn't go to therapy because of the surgery she had, had to completely heal. She had a second surgery, couldn't do anything. Well, finally, finally yesterday, she was able to do something about it. And somebody suggested an acupuncture doctor. And look at her right arm now. She's waving. Yeah, go ahead and give God glory. She came out of the office yesterday and, and she got in the car and she said, <gasps> got out of the car and she went. <laughs> I said, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's prayer. That's God. Did he use an acupuncture doctor? Yeah. But it was God that did it. He's a great physician. <laughs> we give him all the glory and all the honor. So pray about it. But by all means, look here, do something about it. Why would you want to spend another day, a week, month, a year in some mediocre, unproductive, bitter, unfruitful relationship with God? I don't get it. I wouldn't want to spend a day that way. I want his rich blessing upon my life. I want to know I have his favor upon my life. And I can <laughs> if I just do what he's told me to do. And I know in me there's been some things that I've had to eliminate. Elimination is part of the process. Amen? Amen? And once you begin to eliminate, it just frees you up. It's kind, of like, it's kind of like opening up that bag and just starting to empty it out. You'd be surprised what's in there. 
Uh, go through your luggage this week. <laughs> You'd be surprised what you've accumulated. Start getting rid of some of that stuff. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.